0: When you trusted Christ as your Savior, you were saved by grace, and you stand before God justified because of grace. That is your standing. That's where God sees you. That cannot change. And because of that position that you and I have in Christ, that can never be changed. We can know we have peace with God. That cannot change. It means God can't get me down the road because of some future sins and then send me to hell. Never happen. The payment Christ made was sufficient for all of my sins, and God sees me as someone who stands in grace. See that verse? And he says, wherein we stand for and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Now, there's several things that I wanted you to see. One in this verse. Where it says, and because of where you stand, you can rejoice. Because you know you're saved. You've been justified. Cleared by God. Declared righteous. It cannot change. Rejoice in that. Then he also says in verse 3, and we glory in something else. And I'll show you that in just a minute. But it also talks about in verse 11, and not only so, but we also joy in God. So there's joy in God. A place of rejoicing because of something that's happened. What happened to me? I've been justified because of my justification before God. and Not because of anything that I did. But it's all because of what He did. Because He was able to clear me of anything I've ever done wrong. God says, I now stand before Him in grace. And grace is because of love and kindness and mercy that He bestowed upon me. Not because of any good thing that I've done, but Jesus Christ who took all of my sins, took all of my wrath, and died in my place. I believe he did it for me, and therefore his righteousness imputed to me, and this is where I stand before God. Now look in verse 3. Verse 3 says, and not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. You see, after you have been justified, you should know and understand you're going to have trials and tribulations. But the tribulations that you go through, I don't care how many, how bad, cannot change your standing in Christ. Therefore, we should rejoice in that nothing in this world, no amount of tribulation that you and I may go through, no amount of suffering that we ever have, can ever change your justification. Your standing in Christ is in grace. That's a wonderful thing to know. Now, look there at number two in your notes justification by faith delivers access into this grace, a reservoir of unlimited treasure. Our standing is in grace, which cannot change. This unchanging truth is the basis of our internal security. Now, I always talk about the external. We're talking about our eternal security. But you know, the peace of mind that you have must be based upon your internal security. We're internally inside of you. Your confidence is strong in the Lord, and you have internal security, because nobody can give it to you, and nobody should be able to take it away, because you know what the Word says, you believe it, and you are internally secure. But anyway, I like that when I put it in there. Anyway, now look at letter A. Rejoice now in anticipation of the glory, the perfection of God. Remember, when he says in Romans 3, 23, All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Short of God's perfection. Now you can rejoice because you know one day you're going to get a body that's going to be redeemed. And it goes to that in chapter 8. To it the redemption of the body. And we're going to be totally glorified. Total perfection in every area of our life. That's something to rejoice about. When you know it and you understand it and you believe it. It should give you, as we talk about the peace of God. So you have the peace with God and the peace of God as you behold and hold on to these truths. It will greatly help you. I'll look there at the next statement there under number two. A glory now in tribulation because we know tribulations work with patience. Does everybody need patience? I think so. Uh, remember Abraham had to wait about 25 years. Did you know that Moses, well, he had to wait about 40 years. You know, everybody seems like they had to wait a long time. Jesus waited 30 years before he got into the ministry. So if you feel like you're having to wait a long time, you're in good company. Welcome to the club. Love, sometimes we are just so impatient because we want to do something and be used a certain way. And God says, oh, wait a while. How long? And then he won't tell you, because he wants you to trust him. Be patient. And if you see somebody that says, well, I want patience. I need patience. Well, tribulation worketh patience, because the problems of life, and you can't solve on your timing. You can't make it happen. You can't just brush it away, and it's not there anymore. You go to sleep, and lo and behold, you wake up, and it's still there. You hit the bottle, it's still there. You take the drug, it's still there learn to be patient and wait upon the lord because it will work for you knowing that tribulation worketh patience patience produces experiences because you see the more tribulation you have the more experiences you go through and the more experiences you go through the wiser you can become because you've learned so much about so many things have you ever had a car breakdown and then you find out what was wrong with it said next time I'm going to fix it myself years ago you could be a shade tree mechanic Today everything is computerized, and they fix it to where you can't fix anything on them things. I used to love it where I could just take and get a you know a pair of pliers, a screwdriver, and some baling wire and rubber band and scotch tape, and you could fix just about anything. Not anymore. But you see, there's some things that happens to you in life, and as you learn and go through experiences, it increases your wealth of knowledge. That's what God is doing. you. So everything that seems to go wrong and all these experiences you've got to go through, God is simply endowing you with a wealth of experience. That makes you more valuable. Don't you like that? Now, tomorrow, the Lord may let you have a new experience you haven't gone through before. It always usually comes described as a problem or work. And you realize that, you know, God is working in my life. He must have something here for me to learn. Have you ever said, Lord, I know that you sent this my way, and you want me to learn something from this. I want to learn it quick. I want to learn quickly so we can get rid of this thing here. Well, sometimes that works. Sometimes it doesn't. Look at the next thing. Experience produces hope, a joyful anticipation that causes you not to be ashamed, confused, discouraged, or disappointed in the Lord's will for your life. Because you learn how to trust the Lord. You learn how to wait upon the Lord. You learn how to be patient. But you see, why should you do all that? Because you know your standing in Christ is not affected. Your standing in Christ is not affected by the ups and downs of your day-by-day life. Because what God did for you He did. That was by grace. Had nothing to do with how you live. My position in Christ cannot change. Now, my state of being from day to day. One day you're up here, and one day you're down there. You're like a yo-yo, up and down. And so that's what we go through. Hopefully, we'll learn to run like they used to have the Mazda, you know. Now, number three, justification by faith delivers the Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit could not be given to you until you had trusted Christ your Savior and you had been justified. Now because you have been justified, God can take possession of your body and He gives you the Holy Spirit because He is the the one that indwells you. He is the earnest of the inheritance that we're going to receive. So The thing that God can do for you, yes, He can give you peace, He can give you joy, He can give you tribulations, but it can't affect your standing. And because of justification, He can give to us the Holy Spirit. He doesn't give the Holy Spirit to the lost man. He only gives the Holy Spirit to the saved man. But look there at the purpose of it. So you look there in verse 5, And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, which is given unto us. Now, you see those two little words? Is given. You didn't buy it. You didn't pray for it. You didn't beg for it. You didn't earn it. The Holy Spirit's given to you because you have been justified. When God declared you just, there's some things that justification can deliver unto you, can give to you. And this is what God has done for us. He gave us the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is God living within us in our mortal bodies to teach us the Word of God so that we can be led by Him, taught by Him, guided by Him. And one day uh, probably changes our vile bodies into like His glorious body. And one day we're going to be out of here. So it's a wonderful verse about what God has done for us. Look in verse 6. For when we were yet without strength. In due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, but yet, peradventure, for, revenge, for a good men, some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Now, look at the next statement on your notes Justification by faith delivers from the wrath to come. Now, If you'll take your Bible, hold your place right here. But just come over there to the book of Romans in chapter 1. And look there in verse 16. Verse 16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew and also to the Greek. For therein, in the gospel, in this message, is the righteousness of God revealed. And in verse 18 is the wrath of God revealed. So the message that we preach to the lost man, it should contain the wrath of God and the righteousness of God. Because a man needs to know what is the consequences if I don't trust Christ as my Savior. And the only reason he would trust the Lord is he know there's a consequence. There's the wrath of God abides upon him. And then we explain to him how you need to be righteous as God. That's why God wants to give to you His righteousness as a gift. All that should be included in the message, the gospel message that we present. And when they notice there about the wrath of God in chapter 2, it talks about the wrath of God. In chapter 3, it talks about the wrath of God. And here in chapter 5, it talks about being delivered from the wrath that is to come. Because of the payment Jesus Christ made on the cross for us. And it says there in verse 9, much more than... Being now justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. So I can't go to hell today, and I can't go tomorrow. I never have to worry about it ever again. I have been saved from the wrath to come. And you'll read about this a little bit in John chapter 3 and verse 36. He that believeth on Him is not condemned, but he that believeth not, the wrath of God abides upon him. And so therefore, we have been delivered From the wrath to come, God has done this for us. Uh, Look there also in Romans chapter 5 and verse 12. Romans chapter 5 and verse 12. Where it says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin. So death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Now, when you go to the book of Corinthians in chapter 15, you'll find that it talks about the two Adams... The first Adam is Adam in the garden. The first one that God made. And how that he was the head of all the families of the earth. He is considered the federal head. So by one sin, that man did. All that were born of the flesh inherited the same sinful nature. And so because of one person, one sin, everybody was affected. Or I could say infected. You're talking about a virus. There was a virus. A deadly virus. It's called an old sin nature. So when Christ came into the world, he never did anything wrong. And by one man's righteousness, by one man's obedience, all that are born in his family, because he is now the second Adam, a new federal head. And all those that are born into his family are just like him. Therefore, he says, when we were of the flesh, we bore the image of the earthy. And now that we have been born of God, we will bear the image of the heavenly. So it's two different families, two different worlds. And so it's all been made possible because we have been justified by grace through faith and that alone. So he makes the statement here, as far as Adam is concerned. Look there in verse 12 again. Wherefore, by one man, Adam, sin came into the world. Death by sin, because the wages of sin is death. Even though there was no law, sin still reigned. And people still died. And so he says, because all have sinned. In verse 13, for until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. And a lot of people struggle with what does that mean. I believe this. The Bible says that Adam was not deceived. Eve was deceived. So if Adam was not deceived, Adam knew exactly what he was doing, and he had a reason for doing so. And it says it's similar to what Christ did for us. Adam would rather live with her and die with her than to live without her. Jesus was willing to die for us so that we could live with him. He probably did it because he loved her, and he did it because he loved us. There's got to be something there that's similar. Look what he says in verse 15. Because verse 15 tells us that there is this justification by faith that delivers unto us a free gift. See, God is going to give us something. Not just that I declared you righteous, but I'm going to give you the free gift of everlasting life. See, he couldn't give the free gift of everlasting life to a man who has not been justified. That means he can't give it to the lost man. The lost man must accept that payment Christ made in order for him to be justified so that God can give him the free gift of everlasting life. Look in verse 15. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace. You ought to underline that. The gift by grace. You didn't earn this gift. You don't deserve this gift. This is what justification did for you. This is what God did because he justified you. You didn't do anything to get this gift. You didn't even have to ask for the gift. But I guess you, when you go to the book of John in chapter 4, and he talks with the woman at the well, he says, If thou knewest who it is that saith unto thee, Give me to drink, thou would have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. Living water. And she says, Evermore, give me this living water. But he makes a statement here, For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. So everyone who trusts Christ as Savior are justified because of the payment he made. And now God is free to give to them the gift of eternal life. So you see, you can ask for the gift all you want. But you don't get the gift until you accept the Savior. We often say, yeah, Jesus Christ, He is the gift. Jesus Christ, He is eternal life. But in God's eyes, there is a breakdown. There is a sequence in this order. Look what he says down in verse 16. Verse 16, and not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. But the judgment was by one to condemnation. But the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. In other words, because Adam committed only one sin, and look what happened to the human race. And yet when God justifies you, it doesn't matter how many offenses you've done against Him. How many sins have you committed? And yet because of that one payment He made, took care of all of your sins. But we all lost it because of one sin, because of one man. So He says here in verse 17, He says, For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. So you see, God has justified you from whatever you have done. He has given you the free gift of eternal life. He has declared you righteous as God. The gift of righteousness. Now, remember this. Philippians chapter 3, verse 9. Anybody can quote Philippians 3, 9? And be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. There is a by works righteousness. God says, don't be found trusting in that. There is a by faith Righteousness. So there's a righteousness that God gives to you and I because we simply accept the payment Christ made on the cross for us. Look there in uh, Romans in chapter 3. Romans chapter 3 and look in verse 21. In verse 21 where he says, But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifest, been witnessed by the law and the prophets. Why talk about this? Because he didn't tell how bad we are, how wicked we are, And that there's no difference, and there's none that's righteous, no, not one. There's none that seeketh after God. There is none good, no, not one. They've all gone astray. But now the righteousness of God is revealed. Because, you see, in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. Because when you tell the gospel story, it should also include in that gospel message the story how that God will give you His righteousness. God will make you as righteous as He is. And when you're as righteous as He is, you're righteous forever. Because it's a gift of righteousness that God can give to you because you have been justified. This gift of righteousness is not something that you earned or worked for or deserve. It's something that God gives to you because you have been justified. Justification is the key. And justification is because He was raised for our justification. I... Sometimes think, I don't know if I'm able to express adequately how I think and feel, and I wish that I could. I feel like I'm short on words, you know, a vocabulary that can adequately express all these wonderful truths that are found in the Word of God. But it's really, it's awesome when you stop and think about it. But just look here one more time in verse 21. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifest, been witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe. See, it's unto everybody, but it's only upon them that believe. And so those that believe are justified. And because you're justified, God is able to give you the free gift of everlasting life. Give you His righteousness. Make you as pure and holy as God Himself. And that is something He gives to you. This is a standing. Because it's all part of your justification. What you got as because you were justified. This cannot be changed. Regardless of how ungodly you may live your life. You can't lose your righteousness. You can't lose your eternal security. You can't lose your free gift of everlasting life. You can't lose the Holy Spirit. You can't lose your standing in grace because it wasn't based upon anything that you and I have ever done. Felt like I've been on a treadmill. But it's it's the truth. It's just what the book says. And everybody ought to be thankful to the Lord because of it. Look what he says in verse 21 as we close here on this verse. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Look up here. This hand represents you and me. and This wallet represents sin. We all have sin on us. God says that he loves us. Now, he hates our sin, but he loves us. And because he loves us, he doesn't want us to have to pay for our sins. And the payment for sin is eternal separation from God in hell. But I can't go to heaven because of my sin. Can't get in. Because the only way I can be to heaven with the Lord is see God is perfect. We've all come short of God's perfection. So what I've got to do is I've got to be as righteous as God. So when God looks at me, how can a man be just with God? When God looks at me, God doesn't see any fault in me. That's been justified. So how can that be made possible? And God says, by your works, no man shall be justified. But you can be justified by grace, freely by His grace. So you see, we can't save ourselves. This hand represents Jesus Christ, God in the flesh. Came into the world because He loves us. Hates our sin because it separates us from the Lord. So Jesus Christ took our sins paid for them on the cross, came back again from the dead. He was raised so that God could justify us. If He hadn't come back from the dead, there'd be no salvation for anybody. But because He was able to put this payment to our account, because we believe He did it for us, He can save us by grace because of the love and the kindness and the mercy of God. Not because of anything we've done. But because of what he did for us. So he gets all the honor. All the credit. All the glory for it. And God says. Because I have been justified. I have a standing. With God. In grace. That I can enter into the very presence of God. Because of grace. And that he can. Declare that I have made peace with him. There's. No enmity between us. That's my standing in Christ. That can't change. And because of that, he gave to me, because I've been justified, he gave me the indwelling Holy Spirit. And he gave me the free gift of everlasting life and declared that I have his righteousness for all time and all eternity. He came back again from the dead. He was raised for our justification. Let's pray, shall we? With heads bowed, eyes closed, and no one looking around. Why not right now in the quietness of this moment, if you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, would you trust him? Would you believe he died on that cross and paid for your sins? If you will, then God said he would justify you. He would declare you to be just. There would be nothing that could keep you from going to heaven. No sin today or in the past or in the future could keep you out of heaven. Because he paid for all of them. And because when you accept Christ as your Savior, he gives to you the free gift, yes, of eternal life. Would you believe it? If you're watching by internet or if you're here in the auditorium, if you've never trusted Christ, would you do it right now? Would you just talk to the Lord? Admit to God what you are. We're sinners. Christ died for sinners. If you believe he did it for you, he would save you and give eternal life as a gift. Would you believe it? Would you trust him? If you will, I'd like to have prayer for you in closing. Would you just slip your hand very quickly and say, yes, pray for me. I'll trust Christ as my Savior tonight. If you've already done so, you don't have to do it again. Anyone at all. Our Father, we thank you so much for the teaching in your word. But we don't understand it all. We can't grasp it all. We just kind of sometimes felt like we're grabbing at straws, just scratching the surface. But there's so much in it. We just thank you so much for that you have revealed and that we can understand some of these s- simple things. Bless all your people here. Those that are watching by internet, help us to be a blessing to them. And we pray that they'll listen and learn and grow, become strong Christians. In Christ's name we pray, amen.